0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of our activism podcast series. My name's Antonia Kirkby and today I'm joined by Mark Bardell and Greg Mulley, who are both partners here at Herbert Smith Freehills, who've done a lot of work in this area. And we're going to talk today about what companies and boards can do to prepare for an approach by an activist and how they should respond in the event that an activist does engage with the company. So companies, listed companies, are really well used to preparing a defence manual, which covers what companies should do in the event they receive a takeover approach. But increasingly, and perfectly sensibly, as it's just as if, if not more likely to occur, companies now are often putting plans in place on how to handle an activist approach. And so today what we're going to do is discuss some of what that planning may involve Greg, Mark, over to you. What should companies be doing now so that they are ready in the event of an activist coming onto their register?
1: Thanks, Antonia. Um, you've hit the nail on the head in planning, a pretty obvious point, but a really important one. And planning for the initial response. As you said, most companies have a takeover defence manual. So, given that activism is a more likely occurrence these days, they should be thinking really carefully about what they're doing to get into that mindset of preparedness. So one of the things that we talk about is having continuous dialogue with shareholders. It sounds an obvious point, but again, it's one that sometimes gets dropped or sometimes isn't focused on enough, especially if there's a significant event coming up and something that companies really should be thinking about whether they can talk to shareholders. Now, of course, there are certain things they won't want to all cross shareholders uh, and talk about, especially if we're talking about inside information but there's a lot of other things where the temperature of shareholders can be taken
2: in addition to to that greg i'm sure you'd agree that a, a key point is to assess the strategy so when activists come along they see an opportunity in the the share price Um, And it may be the whole sector is down. There may be particular issues facing the business. Uh, There may be governance changes, but it's worth keeping those things in mind. And I think really it comes down to four categories. One is business performance. Secondly, it's governance and changes. Maybe there's a change in the CEO, that sort of thing. Um, thirdly, is there an opportunity to return value to shareholders uh, through dividends, reduction of capital or the like? And fourthly, any, any kind of transformation through MA, whether it's a disposal or an acquisition, floating a division, those kind of things. And it's possible when you look at your own business through that lens uh, as to what an activist might do to think of what categories uh, that your business might fall into and how an activist might look at them.
1: I agree. And you've picked up on a a few of those, Mark. One of them you mentioned, which is overall strategy. And that's something that I think where the proof of the pudding is in the substance. And uh, if activists do have a point, and that is something that's going to resound more broadly with shareholders, then it's something the company should be thinking about, a constant self-assessment of strategy. And I think another easy win sometimes for activists, maybe to get a hook for arguing other points about how the company is performing is if all of the normal corporate governance measures or metrics uh, or indicators aren't where they should be. So things like monitoring directors' other commitments, how they're performing, whether there are any obvious conflicts of interest can be other things that companies, as they should be doing anyway, can take an assessment of.
2: Yeah, the, that's got to be right, and it's the 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 time on the ball point. I think, for want of a better expression, if a company does find itself the subject of of activist intervention, things can move very quickly. So, to take time to plan for different scenarios ahead of them happening, um, when everybody's a bit calmer and cooler, in the way that you're saying, has got to help. And I think that extends to scenario planning for how you might respond uh, in the face of an activist, uh, and what that would mean is thinking about your PR strategy, um, thinking about your investor relations strategy. Greg, as you were, as you, as you were saying there what you're saying around governance and those kind of issues. Indeed, how would you then articulate that publicly? Uh, And you might go as far as to start thinking about what your asks might be back from the um, activist shareholder. So, for example, would it be important for you to ask for a non-disparagement clause in relation to the company or in relation to... Uh, board members individually? Uh, would it be appropriate to seek a standstill uh, to stop the uh, activists from buying further shares? Um, would you expect a commitment from the activists to vote along with the board at the next AGM and on future matters, sort of more ordinary course? All those are just using the time that you have ahead of any um activist intervention to plan what you might do in the future and that's always time well spent certainly in my experience
1: yeah uh, I thoroughly agree Mark and you know what one other thing just as you start to see what might be coming over the parapet you've got what you're looking at internally about the business and what you know but it's also really important to monitor the shareholder register. Um, that's going to help companies know who's coming on the register and you can often see some unusual movements. So we all know for UK listed companies what the DTR say and that covers not only shares but CFDs and other synthetics. So you can see if people start to build a stake and it's an important uh, and an obvious point, but the shareholder register is not static. And if you do see some unusual movements, you can maybe get an idea of what's coming down the track shortly.
0: Thanks, both. That's very interesting and kind of brings us on neatly to they're monitoring their share register. An activist comes onto it. What should their initial response at least be? Obviously, the the, the Campaign will may well play out over weeks or months or even years, but but once they first see an activist come onto their register, what do you think the steps are that they should take?
2: Well, I'll jump in with the easy one first, Antonia, which is to say, uh, make contact with the activist and find out what they've got to say. Um, They will have done their research on the company, and it's never right to shut the doors on them and. Uh, never listen to what they have to say, better to be on the front foot and speak to them in private to find out what their agenda is. And in the context of that, I I think it's important to ask yourself a few questions such as, who is the particular activist? They are very, very different. Um, And you can do a little bit of research as to what that activist has done in historic situations. You can anticipate what their asks are likely to be because of that history. Um, And then when you get into the room, you you can be in listening mode to find out what they think about the business uh, and what they would ideally like to achieve. I think that's
1: crucial. And it gets to another point that you made before, Mark, in relation to preparedness. But the more prepared the board is and the more it's thought through things in advance, the more tempered its response is going to be. So there's a bit of an interrelationship between the preparedness and responding. Um, We have seen instances where an activist has made a point and the board has felt itself so mortally offended and gone into attack mode um, too quickly. Uh, Sometimes that might be the right thing to do. But as you say, Mark, it's very important to listen. And if boards are prepared for this, they can react to it in a calmer fashion and then respond more constructively. And that gets into communications in a couple of ways. One, how you communicate with the activist. And secondly, amongst the board and the rest of the company itself, which leads into the point about, you know, board communication, especially between directors is going to be key. Know what people on the board are thinking, uh, who's going to be actually talking to the activist, And that all leads to one thing, it's getting the best result and the best input from the board, but also maintaining unity at the board level. Uh, One of the things we see when an activist campaign starts, maybe not in the initial stages, but if it wears on for a long, long period of time, is different directors starting to form different views or perhaps even being uh, attacked individually by an activist and the board not thinking the same thing sometimes non-executive directors may have different views to the executive directors so when it happens having been well prepared and remembering that board unity is key um stands
2: the company in very good stead and i think expanding on that it's therefore important to know what other shareholders are saying at the same time as the activist um and and there's two sides to that coin. The the first is, it is normally the case when an activist takes an opportunity that they're not doing so unilaterally. It is often the case that the activist has already spoken to shareholders or may have been encouraged by certain shareholders. You won't learn that initially, but be aware that quite often the activist has already worked out um, friendly shareholders or favorable shareholders for for its own purposes and its cause. The other side of the coin is um, the board wants to continue to be in touch with all shareholders to make sure it's representing views and opinions that are reflective of that general shareholder base. The board needs to be very careful that it doesn't become isolated uh, in its conversations and out of touch uh, with its own shareholder base.
1: Uh, And as we said before, Mark, in terms of monitoring the shareholder register, once the campaign starts, if it does and it becomes public, it's key to keep an eye on the register. Uh, Quite often you'll see people do an analysis of the register at a particular point in time. And then go away thinking that that is the register. but of course it can change. And the other thing that can change is people's views or shareholders' views over a period of time. So that point of of constant dialogue becomes um, you know as important post the approach as it did before. but But it does give rise to another um, point in terms of timing and how these campaigns play out. We've been talking about when other shareholders know about it, uh, i.e. an activist campaign. But, of course, there is a spectrum and of, of how these things develop. And in particular, um, it starts off almost certainly being a private campaign where an activist will be making contact with the company. And companies at that stage quite often tactically like to keep it private. And I know from a lot of the work you and I have done, Mark, that we now have lots of activist campaigns that have never become public. And I guess we regard those and both sides regard those as, as successes in a way because they haven't needed to resort to becoming public on the activist side to form some sort of understanding. Um, but, of course, as things go from private to public, we get into another important area, and that's media strategy and comm strategy across all stakeholders
2: And then just wrapping up, probably the last point for us to mention is that it's important for the company to keep in mind the the legal options. So having gone through those initial stages of meeting with the activists, meeting with other shareholders, unifying the board, checking the register, thinking about media strategy and how it may develop, There is also the the technical possibility of different legal routes. So, for example, the activist may move more openly to start uh, coming together with other shareholders. That in itself brings in the jurisdiction of the takeover panel and the code. Um, and if those shareholders continue to buy shares, even the possibility of, of a mandatory bid or at least an investigation into that fact and a disposal. No one would want to end up in that situation, but it's as well to be prepared and aware of that possibility. Uh, the shareholder could be seeking to use its right to requisition a general meeting um, if it's at 5% or more or similarly at 5% or more or together with others uh, getting to 5% or more exercising its right to add a resolution to the existing AGM notice um, and the possibility of a full blown Um, contested votes at at the AGM being sort of one of the bookends in all of this as to how it could develop. Again, neither side will want to to go there quickly and, and ought to be wary of doing so, but thinking of that possibility and preparing for it is important. The very last thing that I'll I'll mention in that respect is, uh, again, remember the difference between holding derivatives and physical shares. All the Companies Act rights in the UK are by reference to owning physical shares and derivatives don't count. Now, of course, the activist can swap out um, or, or rotate out of its position into the physical shares. But to do so would at least cost its stamp duty um, and may well not have the right economic profile. So not not, certainly not the point to lead with from a defensive perspective, but something to be alive to um, as to how things may develop.
0: Thank you both. Lots of interesting thoughts there. And I'm sure we'll come on in a future episode to discuss some of those legal options in more detail But um, in the meantime, really appreciate the thinking you've given us today, plenty of food for thought. If any of our listeners want to find more details, we have plenty on our website, herbertsmithfreehills.com. Just search for activism when you're on there. And we will be back soon with more episodes where we explore some of these other themes and aspects of activism in more detail. But in the meantime, thank you, Greg and Mark, for joining me. And thank you to our listeners, too. And goodbye.